Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Greetings, everyone. Um, I am very tired. Uh, mentally, I feel drained. It's, it's been another interesting experience with bridging and, oh, with Together Finance again. Now, potentially you may hear them come on the podcast for a Finance Fridays that was recorded before this, but I have a duty to tell you of the difficulties I've had with them on this particular deal, but also break it down to how everyone in the process, including myself, is also to blame. Um... So, uh, you know, on this podcast, I'm going to talk about my second deal, which is no money down. Oh, my God. Financial freedom. I spend no money and I've got a free house. Yet, yeah, no. Um, but we'll get to why it's not money, no, no money down. But it, it's sort of it's some money down. It's a lot less than 25 percent deposit. I'll, I'll tell you that by quite a big magnitude. But before we get into that, I've been looking at some statistics for Tesh Talks. We are on 94,500 listens since September the 3rd, 2018. So just, yeah, about, about 10, 11 months. I think we're going to hit 100k before the year's out. Oh, I wonder what I'll do as a celebration. DM me any ideas for a 100k celebration. Maybe I'll be like Grant Cardone. Yeah, I went from like 10 listens to like 10,000. Now I'm on like, you know... A million, whatever. But maybe we'd have like a party, like a 100k party. Uh, if I had a quid for every listener. <laughs> you know what? I've been looking at the world map of, of listeners. We, you know, we've got 69 listeners in Canada. Sorry, a boot. And then we got 908 in the US of A. And we've got about 28 in Mexico, gracias. And three in Brazil, obrigado. We have 51 in South Africa. Quite remarkable. And we've got 333 in Australia. And we've got 92 in India. Big up. Satsrikala. Namaste. People then. And four in China. Hello. Uh, we've got quite a few in like... I don't actually know the, the these country codes. But we have 662 in the United Arab Emirates. So Salam and Kefahalek. And uh, can I have some of that, that money that y'all got to invest? Thank you very much, please. Got my email address, just uh, pop it over. Got quite a few in Ireland and Qatar and España. Gracias, gracias. And in Netherlands. Oh, in Hong Kong as well and Portugal. Pretty cool. Anyways, just interesting to look at that world map, isn't it? See where, how do, how do people find it? It's amazing how connected the world is, right? That people could like find a UK property podcast by some dude in his back room in Southall. I'm joking, I'm really professional, I'm wearing a suit. And like, listen to it all over the world. That's pretty cool. Uh, unless there's lots of people traveling, which would be not as cool, but cool if you're traveling. So let's talk about my second deal. Now, it's in, it's in a uh, place in Wales, which is, a. it's not the Valleys. It's not a village. It's not, it's more of a town or a city, I would say, eh, boyo. And um, so it's got a lot more capital appreciation. And it's generally a better investment and safer investment and still has a kind of similar low purchase price, high revaluation that I'm having. Uh, so 
I'm buying this through some sources that I absolutely love, different from the first sources that I've worked with. So if you want an introduction to these guys, let me know. They've got like a comparables map they manually made with 7,000 data sources of pretty much every house in this town. And it's a big town. Honestly, these guys are amazing. You know I don't like sources. And I love you. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Uh, but generally, a lot of them are not so good. So if you want a really good one, let me know and I'll introduce you. Um, and so I'm buying it for £70,000 of Her fun- Majesty's finest pounds. And it will hopefully revalue at 110 115 maybe a little bit more depending on the spec of it. Now, this... The reason it's being sold so cheaply, well, you never really know, but person just wants to get rid of it quickly, which is important to note for the, the upcoming story. Uh, it's not in the best condition, but it's not terrible. But sometimes, uh, yeah, things just get undervalued, I guess, to put it simply. Anyways, so I, I've got this house that we're buying in legals. Now, I'll explain the deal before I talk about the situation. Yep, that's a shit situation. Situation. Copyright, that shit. Uh, now, it's worth 70 grand. And my first house in not so much of a town, but still actually only 15 minutes away from this one, is unencumbered. My investor uh, said to me the other day, so what's happening with the house? I was like, oh, I'm going to mortgage it. They're like, why? I was like, to pay your money back, doofus. Um, <laughs> and they were like, no, I just keep it there and keep paying the interest. I was like, Okay, that's cool. So, and they're a family member, so obviously it's the trust is, is there inherently. So it's unencumbered. And I've realised, because my friend John Dale, who's on the podcast, told me a, a few months ago, that, hold on, mate, you've got an unencumbered house. You can, what's called, capital raise against it. So it's unencumbered. There's no charges. There's no mortgage, nothing. It, it's literally mine. Only the Welsh mines and floods and knotweed can take it away from me. Now, what you, what you can do with bridging, and yeah, with bridging, is you can use this as the deposit so for example i'm buying this house for 70k of course normal bridging they put a first charge on it make you sign your soul to the devil whatever and they give you 75 percent. right you have to fork up 25 percent. but i've got another house worth got it for 50 by the way and they revalued it at 80 so um winning most of my money's coming back out of that if i ever mortgage it i will in the future so i can use the unencumbered house by giving them a first charge on it what they say is, right, we've got a first charge on your house you're buying at 70 grand. We've now got a first charge on the house you own unencumbered at 80 grand. Add them both together. We will now loan you an LTV up to 75% of that amount because you know, they're winning. They've got two assets worth 150 grand. So in essence, um, buying the new house at 70 grand and and the refurb, which is about 11 grand. We're going to get it cheaper because I get some good deals. All in, we're in for, say, 81, right? So the bridging company together, uh, and this hasn't happened yet. I'm recording this on a Friday, um, are lending me £81,000, which means the whole house, 70 grand, paid for, boom. The refurb, boom, paid for. Now, that LTV of the total amount is 55%. So I'm not even that highly leveraged necessarily, and neither are they. So the rate is okay. It's 0.74% a month. Uh, And the beauty of this is, you know, there's the only money I'm putting in is sourcing fee, you know, legal, stamp duty, etc., which 
you know, who, the amount that I get from together, I may just use that for the fees and then pay for the refurb myself. Happy days. Now you might think, you might be thinking, oh my God, why didn't you get out 90 so you could pay for all the extra crap on the side? And it's because the LTV would increase, so would the rate, and I'd be paying more on more when I have, you know, whatever it is, the couple of grand that I can use right now to pay off the ancillary bits. So let me quickly summarize that. Buying a house for 70, I've got one unencumbered at 80. They're taking a first charge on both and a debenture across the company's standard. Another personal guarantee for me. And now they're loaning me an LTV of the total loan um, value of properties here. It's like, it's like someone loaning against your portfolio. And what this means is I'm at 55% LTV right now on this deal. So it is no money down. Lol, not really. I'd like to add to this. I said, oh, we're at 55 cent LTV. What if I wanted to go to 75 in a month or so to buy some more houses? And they said, all you have to do, give me a call. Tell me you want more money. Sign a form. And it'll be in your bank account. And I said, well, I, 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 I like this a lot. I really do. So what that means is my deposit where I buy in Wales is between 10 to 20 grand. It's, it's literally never 20 grand. It's like 10 to 18 grand. Now, I've got, if, you know, my maths is correct, I've got 75% of the 150 grand they have security on, I can borrow. And I believe that's about 116,500 pounds. And I've only borrowed 81 so far. So I have just over 30 grand left I can borrow and still be at 75% LTV. And I just told you how much deposits are in Wales. So... This is my second house for 70 grand. My third and my fourth are going to be free. Again, they're going to be little money down because I'll get the cash from them at 30 grand, split it in two. That's easily two deposits. Probably it could be four, depending on where I buy and if I buy at auction. So I've got I've got two deposits now, worst case, right? How do I fund the rest of it? You're thinking I just get a bridge or I get a mortgage. Simple as that. So I've realised through one unencumbered house, I now have the second house being very little money in, the third and fourth also being very little money in. So you've got to think about this. I'm going from one to four houses with the same pot of money I started off with, which is sort of 20-ish percent of 50 grand that I got the first one for, and then the investor paid the rest. And then all the little fees and bits on the side, which, you know, if, if you wanted to, you could slap on a credit card or however you want to fund it. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? I kind of realized this the other day and I thought, huh, yes, there's a lot of leverage here, you could argue. But once we're keeping it within 75% LTV and the deals are solid and we have different exit plans, which we always do, I think we're hashtag winning. Um... Not to get too gassed about it, but like, that's, that's pretty cool, right? So, but before we shout no money down from the rooftops and we believe the hype, the hype, I have an unencumbered house. Now, how many people are going to have that? Not a lot of people. I'm fortunate with this investor that this, this has been allowed, right? And I'm fortunate enough that, you know, it wasn't a huge, huge investment because it was in Wales that we can keep it this way. Another thing to think of is that first house, because there's no mortgage, I'm getting, so it's the rent's agreed at 525. So take off, you know, 
52 quid for management, bit for maintenance, whatever. I'm getting just under 400 from one buy to let. So the interest payments on this current loan, I think are about 540 a month. So I'm then actually only paying £100 a month interest on this loan. So my bridging fees are reduced hugely. I've just realised this right now, by the way, that, that little part about the rent. So this is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, just, I guess you need to think about that for a second. That's pretty cool, like, what you can do with property. Um, and, you know, if you have an investor and you've borrowed their money for a year and they're happy with you, you know, refinancing against that property, you could do this and then pay them back at the end of the year. You know, and and as soon as I pay off this second house on a mortgage, which is which is going to happen, it's not being you know I have to. It's on a bridge. My LTV then drops by fifty five percent, and all that's left is what I've borrowed on a further advance. So I'm a frequent flyer. Now, once I pay that off in you know six months, boom, I've then got another fifty five percent LTV potentially to go. Once I then do the same thing on another property with the first charge. So this unencumbered property is a frequent flyer cash cow. Um, that's pretty awesome. I just need more deals. Like, yo, I'm I'm ready. Like, I'm ready ye for the next. Uh, update on my strategy. I'm going to hold the first four. So obviously the first unencumbered one is my baby. I'm going to keep that. Uh, I'm going to hold that. Hold the second one. Hold the third and fourth, which are going to be, you know, little money down. LMD. And then the fifth, I'm going to flip just to then take some money to then pay myself or pay back all those little costs that happened over time. Uh, I met a few more investors who were looking to invest, again, just looking for the right deal. Um, met some people through networking events, through LinkedIn, through introductions who also potentially fund 100% of the deal, which is obviously the, the holy grail. Um, and yeah, I thought I'd share that with you because it's quite a it's quite a cool little thing that we've got with the unencumbered property. Um, I'm quite blessed, actually, quite fortunate to to have that. Uh, but, you know, if, if you don't have that and you're trying to do no money down, then, you know, it's not as easy. Uh, it's easy to talk about, but there's always, always a legal fee. There's always, always some sort of crap. Now, let's talk about that. This deal, right? The valuation fee was 600 quid. Oh, my God. I actually want to cry. Listen to that. Valuers are so boring. If you're listening, valuer, like, how boring is it to be so constrained by Brexit and, and insurance and risk? Like, oh, you walk into a property, location, fair, demand, fair, interior, fair. That's boring. That's mag- Fair, as a word, is magnolia. It's dead. Yeah? It's, no. Just every... Oh, if you have to... If a, they put the value right now as, like, 80. Oh, if you had to sell it within three months, it would be worth 67. And if you had to sell it within six, it's 74. And I'm like... <sighs> This is all just like insurance, I guess, for the lender. But it's it's just like, oh, God, I have a bit of personality. Um, no offence, valuers, love you, need you. Uh, wish I didn't. But anyway, some lenders do home track valuations, but, you know, obviously I can't get those. So I paid 600 quid for that. Where did that come from? My bank account, my back pocket. Uh, I then, okay. So the unencumbered house I have is owned in a company, 50-50, me and the investor. So I had to get the investor, who's a family member, to... Well, essentially, together couldn't put a first charge on that property with ease because it's not just mine. There's another human adult interest in it, aka family member. So, my solicitor sort of realised this after a bit 
uh, obviously knowing it together by the checking because you know, why would you? Why would you? Why would you be efficient? And my sister notified them like last week, end of last week. Let's let's say end of last week. Let's be really conservative. They ignored the queries, ignored the messages, and this list is on their panel, by the way. Like, you know, come on, if you're ignoring your own panel, God. Um, and then ignored it. Sent him an email saying, "This is the document you need." He's like, "Uh, no." Like, we need to check this. So what happened is they needed a first charge by way of a third-party charge. And I needed a family member who works full-time in London to sign, you know, that she's happy to have this 50% of the company under risk and put the charge on and also that she understands it, which is called independent legal advice. Oh, it's the silliest thing ever. But whatever, it's all, you know, legal. And also to like have IDs verified. Now, my solicitor's in Wales, which is cool for me because, you know, I'm up there. But again, even this time, it was a piss take trying to get to him in time so he could have the right documents because I was only up for two days this week and it had to be done this week. But together, slowed it down. Useless. Now, I... So they told me this is about the, the, the other, you know, investor in the company has to come and sign shit. I was like, well, that's not happening. They work full time. They're not coming to Wales. So I had to find a solicitor near me. And oh my, I actually hung up on about four or five solicitors. It pissed me off. I was like, listen, this price is bullshit. Yeah. You're charging me 400 quid for independent legal advice. You're literally doing nothing. Okay. I didn't say that. I, I said it, but I said it very, very tactfully and politely. And they just, they just got, I just hung up. They just, they just pissed me off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They did. Um, I live in Southall. So Yeah. Um, I found one who just, you know what, she just came across so well and something about the way she spoke and I, it just sat really well with me. And I, and I, as much as I tried to find others who may be cheaper or slightly nearer, it didn't work out. I went to her and it was good. She's a local counsellor, you know, brought my family member along and they were both chatting about, oh, Ted, you're such a, you know, good boy, graduated with a good degree. And I was like, these aunties, like, just... I was like, can we just sign this, this stuff, please? Like, I'm not paying for a, like a, a, a proud of our sons meeting type thing, you know? Um, <laughs> like, so we did all that today, which cost £250 to be told. You're signing your stuff away. Happy days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verify the ID. I'm just going to get a solicitor stamp. I'm just going to do that. Whatever. Stamp it until it's okay. Uh, and of course... They couldn't verify my proof of address because I am a 26-year-old. I don't use paper. I don't have a proof of address. I don't have bills. I live at home. Mobile phone, digital, bank, Monzo, Starling. Business bank, Starling. Why would I have original... Who has original... I I don't understand. Am I supposed to start... Like, Should I turn on paper statements? I'm a millennial. I care about the environment. Huh. I just, I just, I just, yeah, I just don't get this whole proof of address thing. Like, literally, please strap a pri- pigeon with a GoPro and just hover them outside my door and watch me go in for a week. And I beg you, take that as proof of address because that's what you're going to get from me. So I don't know what's happening with that now. Let's see if I'm going to have to go back with some sort of original statement and get it printed. But, you know, today it was like I met um, people in the morning that I know from Instagram and the software developer who wants to make some prop tech stuff. And, and that was great, but I had to coordinate all of this and then get my family member to come down. And then he got lost and then I couldn't find parking. And then I was like, oh, my God. And just during the day trying to find solicitors and then also complain to together, which, by the way, I've said this in many, many, many times. Complain. If your food is cold, send that ish back. If you're not happy with something, complain. Complaining the most obvious. I put an Instagram story up, tagged them in, basically saying, this is crap. 
I got a call and, well, I got, got a DM straight away. Slid into my DMs. Lenders are all about. Yeah. And got a call pretty much 40 minutes later. I got a full update, full apology, full complaint raised, which, you know, for me, when I've had problems with them in the past, one thing they're good at is, well, is handling complaints in terms of speed, efficiency, apologeticness. But hmm, should be better at doing stuff than better at handling complaints. So they messed this up with the delay because they didn't let us know about mum you know, needing to sign this these documents. And the vendor is getting mad. Like the agent is up my neck. I can feel their, their hot breath on my neck. Yeah. Um. So you just imagine that feeling. It's not nice. Because I said, yeah, yeah, we'll do 28 day exchange in completion. I thought I was a bad man. But obviously my lender couldn't support my vision of being a bad man. And I then had to... I've just had to beg it to the agent. Like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And so now I am exchanging on Monday with 5%. I said, look, I'll exchange with 5%, uh, Miss Agent, because, you know, I want to prove to them I'm serious. I've got 5% in the account. 5% of 70 is, you know, three and a half grand. Let's just get it done. I said to the sister, right, uh, let's exchange. I've got 5%. Oh, no, sorry, Ted. You see, the thing is, when you're exchanging... And you're not using the lender's money for the for the deposit. They need that was quite bad that last accent. They need a loan, a draft loan agreement to show so they know where that five percent has come from, and you're not siphoning it through some overseas BS account. You know what? If criminals were prosecuted with the same stringency stringency that lenders have, we would live a much happier society. You know what? Put bridging lenders in charge of criminal prosecutions. I guarantee your kids will walk these streets safe. They will play outside at midnight. I'll walk home from the club. I won't have to walk fast. Yeah? I'm telling you. I'm voting for bridging lenders to be the new Department of Justice. Who's with me? If you're with me, DM me and we'll do a petition. Because I'm Nobody... It'd be Judge Dredd. You'd be shot on sight. No one will get with anything. Right? So... <sighs> I have to have this agreement. Now, of course, a solicitor has to get their draft that they have, change the names to mine and to the lender's name, change the date. Of course, it's such hard work. Oh, God. Oh, I feel sorry for them. And they're going to charge me 300 quid for that. Right. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. So I've spent 600 for valuations. I spent 250 on some bullshit to get investor verified and then 300 quid on a piece of freaking paper that's a draft that literally says does no work for so if we do the math for my american listeners i believe i'm about what, 1400 pounds down i mean where did that come from if we're doing no money down did i pull that out my ass did i did i get that off my money tree oh no way that's a bay leaf tree where did i get this money from and where the hell would you get it from if you're if you're no money down if you've literally just got into property like you, you know just think about these things when it comes to the realism of, of buying stuff there's always these stupid costs and things going wrong this money's coming from my savings or from business account lucky i have this from my other business but maybe when you're asking for investment just add on a grand and explain 
you know, this is for the ancillary costs that are coming. Win-win, they're going to make more interest, you know, no big deal. You know, I nearly lent someone money for like a, an acceptance fee on a deal to get, you know, quite a bit of interest back, actually. So, yeah, just take into consideration these things and just be wary that whatever lender I have on the show, whatever lender you speak to, you know, they're always going to say, oh, we'll complete in this time, we'll do it in this time, but just be prepared for them not to. You know, it's very difficult in property when we have timelines to trust lenders and even to trust private finances because they'll drop out. So, I mean, all I can recommend is have backups. You know, I, I'm always speaking to like private funds who charge more, but I know can give money in a few days. Just at the same time, just to be like, by the way, I'm buying this property. I'm, you know, I'm not using you. Obviously, you know that you're more expensive and that this is not your forte. You're, you're not a first choice lender in this case. But just to keep you in the loop, good to get a quote on this, you know, to keep it in your, in your you know, in your drawer if I need to come back to you. But obviously, I've paid for the valuation, so I can't quit now. So, yeah, this is what's been happening. My first house is nearly rented, agreed at 525. But the tenant has a CCJ, which they have said they were totally surprised and perplexed about. But the CCJ is for £287. Which is obviously very small. But listen, I'm not going to say if someone owes you that much money, you shouldn't put a CCJ on them. Absolutely. But it's just strange how she was so perplexed. And she said she didn't know it happened. And it was at the time that... It was moving from one house to another, but I, I don't know how you miss CCJ letters. It's a, you know, those those three letters are freaking serious. County court judgment. So, and it's an unsatisfied one. So it's not like she fixed it. So I was like, oh, mate, this just keeps going wrong. My letting agent, honestly, really, really good. I, I knew they'd be good. You know, I had a good feeling about them. You can you can tell a lot from your gut. Your gut is very, very smart. Uh, and so I said, look, get a guarantor just to be safe, you know, but credit, finance, every, her credit was better than mine, bloody incredible. Salary, everything is, is solid. Um, and I, I saw a picture of the garden from the valuation. The freaking weeds have come back. I put a weed membrane down and I did it myself. And here's another lesson. Don't do stuff yourself. It ended up costing me more in time and opportunity and money anyway. And now I saw, the, I saw the picture and I was like, oh, is that a weed? I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to block this out because this is a lot. This is a lot for a few days, coupled with like 20 viewings or so that I've done and trying to just remember everything and make sure I offer on things and calculate the right offer and on areas that I'm unsure of. A lot is happening this week. And what I find with my property stuff is like, it's quiet for a week and then I go to Wales and then just pops off and then it kind of goes quiet. And then it's like life just throws it all at you at the same time as a test of strength, you know, like... How much can you lift? How far can you run? How long can you hold your breath? It's like, it's just challenging you all the time. And I'm getting to a bit of mindful Mondays now. But it, you know, but it, it's it's great though. And, and you know, sometimes I've realised how important self-awareness and stepping back are. So today, I kept having problem after problem after problem. And I said, you know what? Like, I didn't even think, ugh, problem. I thought, problem? What's the solution? Okay, let's act on it. What can we do? How can we change it? Well, who can I speak to? What, you know, boom, 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 boom. Who can I message? Well, you know, when it comes to problems, you don't even make time for the emotional response. Just think problem, solution, like that. Like one, you, you know what I mean? One click and you're there. If you do that one thing, that's all you take from this podcast, apart from my 
accents and language skills um, is that just to have that awareness step back when things are getting tough and you know I was laughing about stuff but stuff was going wrong I was just like wow I'm literally about to lose this deal I have to spend more money to rescue it and my contact to get this gone on annual leave and didn't tell me all right thank you very much cheers mate cheers um professional and so I was like okay what's the solution I'm gonna have to violate them on my Instagram story and it worked so think of the solution there's no time for the emotional response nothing has an emotional attachment unless you attach one to it you know nothing is good or bad but thinking makes it so Shakespeare said it he copied the Stoics they said it all the time it's not what happens it's about what it's how we react to what happens is what makes it we add emotion and perception to everything right to everything we don't need to so everybody hope that was helpful might have been a bit emotionally charged but this is real this is real life oh actually i went on some viewings this week some, and i saw my friends jordan and noel who are investors in wales and i viewed their property they're selling on auction and they had loads of stuff there and they were like well, i was just looking through it because you know i like a good boot sale like a good bit of junk a bit of you know value i found a nice scented candle i also found a reflexology kit for free i'm getting massage mate happy days and guess what in the garden there were two deck chairs and they were nice proper you know hard stuff is not good for your butt it's kind of soft but still firm so i took the two deck chairs and i took the reflexology kit so they say you should come away with some takeaways from everything you do in life and uh those were my takeaways from the viewings so i hope this podcast has been useful I hope it also serves as an update. Loads of people have been asking what's happening, where am I at, uh, you know, what's going on. But yeah, I've had a sore throat for a while, I've got problems with my voice. Um, but I'm, I'm back, so I hope it was useful. Lots of exciting people coming on the podcast in different stages, so even more relatable people. Any questions about this podcast on the lending, what introdu- introducing to a broker, an insurance broker, some other bridges, let me know and I shall provide. Oh, also leave a review. Come on.
If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.